Welcome to the Easy Language Podcast. This is Rita speaking. The last three decades have been growing attention directed to the issue of teaching culture as part of foreign language learning. This emphasis on the importance of culture has come hand in hand with contemporary views of the communicative nature of language. Culture and language are inseparable and entwined and the relationship between them is highly complex. Language isn't just the sum total of words, grammatical principles, and sentence construction, but it is also unique cultural norms, social systems, and cognitive processes. Understanding these cultural specific contexts along with the linguistic principles of a particular culture is central to effective language acquisition. Today, I'm not going to be alone. We have actually a guest from our network, and I'm very happy to introduce our guest, Marianne was born and raised in Northwest Wales. Her father is from the Netherlands and her mother is from Wales. So she was raised bilingual, Welsh-Dutch at home. All her education up until university was in Welsh. She studied Welsh and Spanish at university, then worked as an English teacher in Spain before moving back to Wales to teach Welsh to adults. She loves traveling, so she often combines it with teaching online on italki. People, we will put every link on our show notes for you to find her. In 2020, she went to Argentina, Argentina for a year to work as a Welsh teacher in Patagonia. And she's currently studying linguistics at the University of Bangor in North Wales. And last but not least, she's the host of our Easy Welsh team and runs another YouTube channel called Forgive Me Marianne, if I don't I mispronounce it, Calis con Marianne, which is started during the pandemic in Argentina. Welcome, Marianne, to our podcast. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Yeah, we are very happy to have you. And we've been actually, I don't know if I told you about that, two episodes ago, we had Kirsten Cable with Polyglot, and she actually is in love with Welsh. So we thought, why not to have you today? So thank you for coming. That's so cool. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. And so nice to hear uh, more kind of uh, attention for, for Welsh and to hear Welsh on, on the Easy Languages podcast. That's great. So today we are going to talk about, of course, the cultural norms, everything that is related to language learning in general. But we will dive in quickly on the second section uh, with you, Marianne, on Welsh and maybe have some tips from you on how to learn Welsh effectively and all the things that a beginner needs, you know, to start this. And maybe some of you don't know much about Welsh. You'll learn much more today with us, hopefully. And for those of you who are curious and would like to support our project, you should go on our website, Easy dash languages.org slash podcast and you'll have access not only uh, to our after show amazing after show usually with raf and i uh, a multilingual after show but also with our guests and today marianne will teach us some welsh and talk about her journey abroad as a teacher uh, and much more and you can have a live q a with us per month and ask all the questions you have uh, to raf and i about and around uh, language learning so let's start So, Marianne, tell us more about you. We want to learn everything about how you started Easy Welsh. Uh, when did you start it? How frequently do you publish a video? Okay, well, uh, actually, before uh, February of this year, I, forgive me, I hadn't heard of Easy Languages. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's good to know. That's honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but actually, uh, it was, I think it was, Uh, winter last year someone so I'd already started my own kind of channel with mm -hmm. with uh, helping people learn Welsh and someone messaged me saying 
hey, listen, there's this academy uh, for this thing called Easy Languages, and I think you'd be really good. I think you should apply. And I thought, okay, cool. I'll, I'll have a look what this is. And I thought, oh, this is such a cool idea. How did I not hear about this before? You know, the, the, the interviews uh, on the street and learning a language on the street. Uh, so I, I sent a little video in and I applied to be in the academy. And then, yeah, I did the Easy Languages Academy in February 2022 this year. And it was so good. I learned so much and it's so exciting to be part of the, the whole Easy Languages family. Um, and then, yeah, I, I continued from, from there. Um, the only problem at the time was that I was alone. I, there was no Easy Welsh team. I didn't have uh, <laughs> co-hosts or, you know. Um, yeah, you needed help. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that was the first thing I needed to do to find uh, more people. And I did. I found uh, Ted, who's a great uh, cameraman and uh, editor. Um, and then together we went out. Um, I think we managed uh, once a month to go out and interview people and uh, create uh, some new uh, Easy Welsh videos. Wow. So, yeah. So welcome to Ted and you uh, in the family. We are very happy to have you, really. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> But I've heard, I mean, uh, when I introduced you, I said, did you spoke Welsh, Dutch, of course. Uh, you have been raised bilingual, even, even trilingual, can we say that? It's like with English, I, I believe, also. And yeah. And do you speak any other languages besides Spanish also? I, I believe you do, right? Yeah, so I, I studied Spanish at university uh, in Aberystwyth, which is in, in mid-Wales, uh, about, I think, 10 years ago now, and then went abroad to Spain and, and so on. So I, I studied Spanish, uh, you know, through the traditional kind of university system uh, and then worked there abroad. And then uh, in 2018, I started learning Danish as well. Um, Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. And how come? What was the, the, the motivation behind learning Danish, for example? Well, I had this thing I, I started doing where um, because I worked uh, for myself and I worked online, I had a lot of um, a, a long summer holiday, let's say. <laughs> and I had this thing where I like to choose a country I'd never been to before and travel around by myself with a backpack for like a month. And I did this first in, in Portugal, so I tried to learn a bit of Portuguese, um, oh. and it was so much fun. And then, oh. I don't ask me to say anything in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm amazed. That's really cool. Maybe in uh, the after show, I'll try it. some Portuguese with you. <laughs> well, so, and, and the following year, I decided, you know, what other country in Europe do I not know? Do I not speak the language? And then I, my, my eyes fell on Denmark, and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll go there. Um, so I tried to learn some Danish beforehand and I really enjoyed it. So I continued. That's really cool. And I love the, the idea that you said, I'm going to travel in that land. Let's just learn a bit of that language. You know, let's start maybe dabbling. That's really, mm. really cool. Um, well, uh, I hope the translator did a good job. I wanted to start asking you something in Welsh. Hofech geil coffee? Oh, yeah, please, still. <laughs> oh, so you understand. That's great. So maybe we have to translate to people who are listening. What did I ask you just now, Marianne? You asked if I would like a coffee. Yes. And actually, I asked you this because I watched your last video, How to Order Drinks in Welsh, and I really loved it. I was impressed. I thought it was so cool, so effective. I even, I, I have no knowledge, like zero knowledge of Welsh, and I kind of kept some things already in my head. So I'm like already teased and I'm like, I want more. So people, please look at the show notes and go and watch the video and support the project and everything Marianne is doing because it's really, really oh, cool. Thank you. Um, so... 
I wanted to quote somebody, uh, Jacques Lelavergne and Andrea Parra uh, in La Culture dans l'enseignement et apprentissage d'une langue étrangère, which is culture in um, teaching and learning a foreign language. They are actually professors of didactics, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they say, learning a foreign language is about learning a new culture, lifestyles, attitudes, ways of thinking, a new and different logic. It's about entering a mysterious world, understanding individual behavior, broadening your knowledge and your own level of understanding. To what extent do you agree with this statement? And what are the advantages you see in learning the cultural norms uh, that go with the target language? Mm, that's a really good quote. Uh, I, I would say I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I think, you know, learning a language without the culture is, is very artificial. You know, it's, it's very surface level, you know. Um, and to kind of... I mean, I don't think you can actually learn a language without, you know, getting involved and learning about the culture. I don't think you can separate um, both things. I think that the word that actually jumped out at me now in, in, in that quote was mysterious world. Um, and this is, this is something really exciting for me when I'm learning a new language. It's like, what kind of world am I going to discover? You know, it's not just about learning new things about the language itself, but about the people, the culture, the country. Um, And that's something really mysterious that you may you may think you know on a on a on some level you know a country. So for example, when I when I started learning Danish, I thought, yeah, I know I've heard of Denmark. You know, I know Copenhagen and and this and that. But you don't really get you don't really get to know something until you start learning the the language and you find yourself going into into this this new culture it's really exciting yeah, i totally agree and also i believe that it increases engagement because you kind of lose the fun if you don't really understand i mean you can even get to a c1 in a language artificially i believe it you can it's hard but you can But somehow, mm. if you're sitting with, around with some friends and they are making, cracking a joke and you're like, what's going on? Like, and there are so many, you know, um, how would you say that? References maybe to cultural things that you're not aware of. Mm. That would be kind of a shame. You'll be like, I have this rational, cold knowledge about what they are saying, but I really don't comprehend what's happening. I don't know if it makes sense. So I really also believe that it facilitates learning. And uh, do you agree that maybe in some cultures, it's even um, it's even more true? Um, there are some cultures that you might, like, for example, let's say English is an international language. And a lot of people think it's an easy language to learn, which is not my case. I think it's not so easy. I think the English we speak as foreigners <laughs> is easy. Um, <laughs> but like, if we really want to go deeper right, into English, right. you know, it's not the, that an, of an easy language. But I feel like you, we are able to communicate still with a lot of other people. I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of non-native speakers do communicate in English without knowing much more, like much uh, about England or about the US or any other English-speaking country. Um, but there are some other like cultures that if you don't understand, you might have, you will kind of judge the culture through your own lens and that's so wrong. Um, so I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it's important. I agree with you. But, you know, let's go and talk really about Welsh and, and, and go straight to the second section and dive into Welsh. Okay. So more and more learners uh, are interested in Welsh. I just learned that. For instance, I saw a few statistics. 
in the UK, it's the fastest growing language. And on Duolingo, a lot of people love using <laughs> that app. Uh, it's the world's most popular language uh, app revealed in 2021. Uh, like they revealed uh, a report actually in 2021 where uh, they say that more and more people uh, or even more people than ever are learning Welsh uh, through online lessons and apps. And it was reported that 1.62 million people are using the app to learn Welsh, 400,000, like 474,000 of them actively. Is it something you're surprised or do you know about that already? Uh, I, I was thinking in my head now, wow, that's a big, that's a big number. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, which I is mean, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard, you know, Duolingo is really popular and I've heard, uh, I, I, it, it came to my attention that a lot of people were using it. And I think especially over COVID and maybe the past few years, you know, people have turned to something new and, and, and started learning Welsh maybe. Um, but, and I, and I think, you know, apps like Duolingo are great to get vocabulary and, and sentence structure and so on. But I think it, it, it kind of links into the culture thing because uh, I think it's really important afterwards, you know, to make that step into culture and learning more things about, Wales or Welsh culture, maybe being in Wales. Um, so as as great as those numbers are, um, I think there's an important step to take afterwards as well. Yes, yeah. you're completely right. So let's start and talk more about the Welsh language for people who might in the audience, like the, the listeners don't know much about it, just like me, actually. Um, is Welsh a minority language? Well, this is an interesting question because, uh, I mean, what is a minority language? <laughs> you know, um, a, a, a lot of people say, you know, there's a big difference between a minority language and a minoritized language. Um, so, you know, Welsh has a very long history with um, neighbouring languages. And, you know, because Welsh is a Celtic language, so it comes from uh, the Celtic branch, Brythonic, which, which Breton also comes from. Um, Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a lot of the Celtic languages that are now on the kind of west coasts of of the UK, um, and I mean the the Welsh language itself is um, oh, oh, I'm, I think I'm biased, but I think it's really it's a really interesting uh, really interesting language. It's it's very um, it's very descriptive, I would say. Um, and can you make a sentence? if it's not too complicated, a sentence in Welsh and translated. Sure, I was thinking actually of um, a, a place names, well, rather than a sentence maybe, because um, we have uh, a lot of uh, mountains here and, and a lot of, you know, I feel like all the rocks and crevices and parts of mountains, they all have names and and they all have Welsh names and some wow. of them are really, really curious. So I thought I, I would love to share some uh, with you. Um, yes, please. So I'll say the, 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 the word in Welsh first and then I'll, I'll translate it. So there's one part of a mountain near where I live. It's called Castell y Gwynt. So Castell y Gwynt. Um, Castell y Gwynt means the castle of the wind. Oh, wow. Which I think is really beautiful. For yeah, a, it is for, poetic. You know, like a top of a mountain, yeah. Um, and then there's another one that's really, this is like one of my favourites. Um, it's called Pen llithrig y wrach. Pen llithrig y wrach. And this is the name of, of a mountain. And what it means literally is the, the, the slippery head of the witch. <laughs> Does it look like a witch? <laughs> like the shape of it? 
Um, I guess it's kind of smooth on top. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. But you know, um, uh, what I like most is like the pronunciation. Like to me, to my ears, mm. I never heard Welsh before. It really sounds like an elfic language. Can you do that again? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have this sound, um, the sound, which I, I think you talked about yes. with your Icelandic teacher yes. in the episode. Yeah. And I, it, it really curious to me because... I was like, oh, we have that sound too. You know, it's not a very common sound um, in, in, in other languages. Yes, maybe there is an yeah. influence there. Maybe as a linguist, you can give us an answer next time about that, where it comes from. And if I'll, I'll look into yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> But thank you for teaching us this. And it's amazing. We're going to definitely be put in the, sh like in the show notes the name of those beautiful places you just cited now. And um, I, I saw that in the Center for Advanced Research on Language Acquisition, they define culture as the shared patterns of behaviors and interactions, cognitive constructs and effective understanding that are learned through a process of socialization. These shared patterns identify the members of a culture group while also distinguishing those of another group. So the question, the following question, a natural following question will be, what is it that distinguishes the Welsh people from other groups? What could it be that you think of that, you know, is very specific to your own culture and to you guys? Mm, this is really interesting because it's, um, you know, we're, we're also part of the United Kingdom. So there's a lot of things we share with, you know, with England or with Scotland, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I think something more particularly Welsh um, is, uh, well, one of the things is that people are very, um, kind of community is something really important. And kind of coming together and, and, and doing something as a, as a community. So I, I think you can see this in Welsh culture that we have a lot of like events that bring people together. And it, 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 they don't have to be like big things, you know, they're small village events um, where, you know, a lot of things are, surround, are, are, are um, uh, to do with song or literature or music or. Um, Yeah, bringing people together. We've got a lot of, um, so here in the area that I live, we've got a lot of community-run pubs. So, you know, the communities come together oh, wow. and, and bought the building, so they've run the pub together. And they organize so many cool evenings, you know, with, with bands and artists and different activities. Um, so I think that's something uh, really... I'm, I'm sorry, Marianne, but wh where do you live? I'm coming right now. I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> I love... I'm very come, serious. Come. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> You're selling it so well. <laughs> I think a lot of people tomorrow are going to be moving to Wales. <laughs> this is amazing. I love it. It's like cheerful. It's, um, as you said, the sense of community is very important mm. and being around that language and around so many different, you know, like celebrations. Is there any a particular celebration like um, during the year that you guys uh, have in yeah. Wales that we're not aware of? Yeah, I mean, we have um, like the National Day of Wales, uh, St. David's Day on the 1st of March. Um, but we have, I, I would say the biggest event that encompasses all of Welsh culture is something called Eisteddfod. Um, and the Eisteddfod is a really big cultural um, artistic uh, festival, really. Um, and I think, actually, if I'm not mistaken, it's it's considered the biggest cultural festival in, in Europe. Um, I don't know if that is 
true, but I mean, it's, yeah. Wow. Um, but this is, this is the best place to go to get a taste of Welsh culture. It's, it's a week-long festival. It happens every August. And the great thing about it is that it moves around. So every year it's in a different place. Different spot. Okay. That's awesome. In Wales, yeah. Um, Can you say the name again? It's, you know, yeah, Eisteddfod. Eisteddfod. I will I'll make sure and you'll write it for us so that we can make sure to, to add it to the show notes so people can look that up. Uh, wow, this is just amazing. Um, of course, so the evolution of language is often shaped by the culture of the particular group who speaks it. So if you truly want to master a second language, we said it from the beginning, uh, knowledge of cultural context that underpin the language you're learning can provide you with invaluable insight into certain phrases that are often spoken by natives mm. of a particular group, but also social norms, right? So the question for you, Marianne, this time is what are the norms that foreigners should be aware of when coming to Wales? For example, when you're doing business in Japan, it, we know that it follows a unique structure, you know, where priority is given to the most senior members of the meeting, uh, including seating arrangements, for example. Is there anything similar that people should be aware of if they are coming to do, for example, business in Wales or just, you know, as tourists that they should be aware of? Um, I don't think we have any kind of k kind of strict norms that one should keep to. Um, I think the biggest thing is just an awareness that Wales is different to England, say, and that, you know, there is a Welsh language. I think that's a really big thing for Welsh people. If if someone acknowledges, you know, it's a different country, different language, mm -hmm. that's already, <laughs> sure. you know, welcome, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's um, important to respect the local <laughs> language and to um, maybe like you did when going to Denmark to learn a few words and watch Easy Welsh, you know, yeah. and learn more about Wales before going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's um, that's awesome. But then maybe you lived abroad. You've been teaching uh, English abroad. Um, so what are maybe the tips as a Welsh, a Welsh teacher uh, that you like maybe three tips you can give to any beginner who might want to start learning Welsh uh, to help them, you know, go maybe that could help farther down the lane, you know, um, to start enjoying the language, you know, immersing themselves in the language and in the culture at the same time? Is there something you can maybe, you know, give our listeners? Yeah, definitely. I, I think the first tip I would say is um, listen. <laughs> listen a lot to just get used to the sounds of, of Welsh um, because they might be very different to the sounds that you're used to in your, your own language or languages. So are there any, like, what are these sounds, for example? Are there any words you can give us, you can hear? Yeah, yeah. So, so, for example, the, the sound that... <laughs> sound that we mentioned before um mm. so like in like in castell right so castell means castle and we've got a lot of castles here so it's a good word to, to learn castell <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so that's just i think the, the kind of the the strangest sound maybe um and then we've got so if anyone speaks spanish they would know this sound already so we've got the sound right in the throat the mm -hmm. sound Or Dutch. Or Dutch. Dutch, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I think apart from those, those kind of sounds, Welsh is pretty much phonetic. Um, all the vowels are kind mm -hmm. of short, open, mostly. Uh, so A, E, E, kind of. Um, so once you kind of know the separate sounds of the letters, you, you can read anything. You can read all the place names and... And anything really um, in, in Welsh. 
All yeah. right. I'm, I'm relieved because I was like, if I can't pronounce properly that sound in castle, I might get lost. <laughs> There are so many castles around. <laughs> But now that you're telling me that it's easier with the vowels, <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if you speak speak Spanish, I think Spanish is a is a good language to come from to, to, into learning Okay, Welsh, good to know. That's really cool. Um, so any other tip maybe? Yeah. So um, I would... Uh, my my second tip, I guess, would be uh, to learn vocab. So there are lots of ways to learn uh, different vocab, or you know, you can work through a vocab list. And once you know the pronunciation, it's it's quite straightforward. Um, but there's there's one thing that I I like to point uh, people to who are learning is there's a a, a news website in in Welsh called Golug 360, and on this website you can click a little vocab button. And then what it does, it, it underlines a lot of the words in the article and you can hover over them and then it shows you the word in the dictionary in English. But um, yeah, so it's really useful to kind of help you with with um, learning vocab and, and reading. Well, this is amazing. But is it like a, an official news website or is it somebody yeah, that... Uh, yeah. Wow. So this yeah. is like to maybe uh, make it easier for everybody also in in, in the UK like to, to learn and understand Welsh and... And to be interested in Welsh, exactly. Like yeah, and I think it's a really good um, tool as well for people who are, you know, people who've learnt a little bit of Welsh, so they know some, but they might struggle with, you know, more of longer words. I don't know, more difficult words. So it's a really good uh, tool to kind of just double check the meaning of of words when you're reading something. Wow. And forgive yeah. me, I have a question and a very ignorant question. But is everybody in Wales able to speak Welsh perfectly, like you do, for example? So no, not not everyone in Wales can speak Welsh. I think there are, it depends a lot on the area. Some areas uh, are a lot more Welsh speaking than others, and a lot of areas also have more Welsh medium schools than other areas. Um, and there are a lot of adults uh, who are learning Welsh now, like you said earlier. Um, so there's there's varying degrees of of uh welsh you know level of of, of being able to speak welsh in, welsh in different areas uh, the area that i live in so the northwest is considered the most kind of welsh speaking um yeah so if you want to if you want to practice your welsh you should come here <laughs> you see this is another tip it's really really cool to know that uh so like nor northwest you said right um northwest yeah northwest okay um maybe a last tip Yeah, so I think my last tip would be to um, to practice, right? To, to find someone to talk to, because um, until you actually use the the language, you know, it'll just stay in your mind, and you'll never uh, it'll never get used. Um, so my advice would be to find either like a one to one tutor, or if you're looking for a more structured approach, maybe go for a, you know a, an online course or something. Um, But I think it's really important to find uh, someone that you can practice with. And that can be either online or in person or, you know, it could be a friend if you know someone uh, and just just go for it. 
just practice. Wow, that's amazing. And also watch Easy Welsh, the videos made by Marianne and Ted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and thanks a lot for all these tips. I have a last question before we conclude. So you grew up um, speaking Dutch and uh, Welsh in Wales. So how is it? Um, I, I believe you were maybe able to practice your Dutch with your dad's family when you were maybe on holidays in, in the Netherlands, I'm guessing here. But are there anything that in those in both culture that are European culture that you feel are very different that when growing as bilingual child, you felt like, oh, that's interesting. Or maybe like some, you know, some story that you mixed maybe words or maybe meanings, anything that you like you remember when you were a child that you thought maybe that brought you to realize, oh, these are very different cultures. Um, I think something that I've actually learned recently is So, so in, in Wales, we like to know where someone is from. Like, if you're talking to someone in Welsh, it's like, oh, so, you know, where did you grow up? Where, where are you from? Because, like, the, the, the land and where you've, where you've been brought up is really important. Um, and I, I only realized recently that's, that that is quite a strange question to ask in the Netherlands. <laughs> so people oh. are not really interested in, you know, what, what town you're from or, or, you know, who your parents are. <laughs> oh, it's interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, um, it actually reminds me. I, I love the, the fact that you said that because a lot of people, for example, in China where I lived for some time, uh, people say uh, they always ask about Lao Tia. Lao Tia is like the like the origin, like kind of where your ancestors are from, which could sound to anybody just like me, who's a mix. You know, grew up with different cultures in a different country. My country mm. is France, but I have no French blood. Mm. It could be like a f like some people could be offended, you know, literally, uh, because if they tell them like I'm French, they're like, No, you're not French, and you're like, No, do you know better than me who I am? But um, they don't mean it badly because I understand that in their culture also, just like you described it for the for Wales, you know, it's kind of very important, not in a bad sense, but yeah. where like kind of who's your father, for example, you know, or your <laughs> like your tribe or your, you know, like it, there is a sense of pride mm. that is not negative at all. But they just like to, they like very included, like very hospitable. They yeah, like having exactly. people from abroad. They just need you know to kind of no. know what is different about you to make sure to learn more about you so that's how I understand it but I understand that some people don't care about that <laughs> because um, yeah and it's sometimes difficult to answer that question but thank you for bringing that up I think it's really interesting you know um, yeah wow and you had this chance to learn you know both languages and grew up with three minimum you know and yeah, learn so much you, more yeah. So, yeah, most definitely, like, I mean, while it's not impossible, I think, to learn a new language without gaining, you know, cultural insights, if you want to increase your chances of mastering it, then diving into the culture of the language you're learning can be the key to a more enriching and faster learning experience. The attainment of communicative competence requires a diversity of cultural understanding. We explained that today in this episode. And current theory recognizes the intrinsic role culture plays in second and foreign language development. Um, as somebody said, once said, and may maybe Raf can remind that uh, who it was in the next episode, because I forgot, forgive me. Um, we can speak many languages and be called polyglots, but without the underlying cultural references, we are just fools who can speak different languages, you know, fools in different cultures, you know. So I wanted to thank you, Marianne, for being here today uh, with us, really. Thank you. It's been so nice to be here. Yeah, and we want to learn more about you and, you know, all the work you're doing. So we will keep on talking for people who are supporting us on Patreon during the after show. But we hope you can come back again on another episode, you know, and, and be with us. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm really excited to, to, to keep working with Easy Welsh and, and hopefully bring a lot more uh, cool ideas into, into the videos. Yeah, so thank you for having me. Yeah, we wish you all the best for 2023 and we can't wait to, you know, watch more videos of yours. And for our listeners, I'll tell you this is the end of the episode and thanks a lot for listening. Support us, go to easy-languages.org slash podcast if you want to listen to the after show and talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Cool.